So open up the gates. So open up the gates. Make way before the King of Kings. Oh, the God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. Yeah, but who can stop the Lord?
Franklin Roosevelt once said, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. Of all the things we take for granted in this country, I believe kind of at the top of the list is our freedom. We don't know what it's like to not be free. We've never experienced not being free. And, and like, like this quote says, sometimes we forget that men have died so that we have that privilege. We forget that men and women have died so that we can gather together in a nice air-conditioned room and talk about Jesus. So as we move forward in this weekend, if, you, uh, if you're going to the lake, you're going to eat a lot, whatever your plans are this weekend, just, just take a moment, take some time, kind of pause for a second. Just remember those. Thank God for those that, uh, that laid down their lives for us. It always feels weird to say this is a holiday because we're talking about people that gave their lives, but we celebrate, you know. So I don't know if it's technically a holiday per se, but it is, it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of those that, that lay down their life for us. So like I said, just take a few minutes this weekend. If you're out on the lake in the middle of your burger, just stop and, and, and just remember. And just tell God thanks. Tell me thanks for those that were willing to lay down their lives for us. Amen. Uh, if you are visiting with us, we want to say welcome. Uh, Mark always says, you know, we want you guys to like us because we're selfish like that. Uh, we want you guys to really like us. But more than anything else, we really want you to fall in love with Jesus. We want that by the end of today that, that you have a, a deeper love, a deeper affection for, for Christ. And that's our, that's our hope. That's our goal. If this is your regular place, welcome home. Uh, it's good to see all your faces. You just never know who's going to show up on a Memorial Day weekend kind of stuff like this. So anyway, it's good to see all your faces. A uh, couple announcements. As you guys can tell, a little different this morning. We have Richie and Dana Fike. Let's give these guys a big round. And, of course, the band. A um, couple announcements uh, concerning them. They have some CDs for sale. Um, our usual welcome table right out here in front of the lobby. Uh, if you want to stop by there, they got some CDs. They got some shirts, just different stuff. Uh, grab some of those on your way out. Um, those will also be there tonight. And I've told you guys over the last few weeks, if you have plans tonight, to not be here, you need to break those plans, and you need to be here at six o'clock. Okay, we we usually uh, we call these kind of things worship concerts. Worship, we we usually call them worship nights, but people refer to them as concerts. And I know these guys. This is not going to be a concert tonight. This is not a come and watch thing. This is a come and participate thing. Okay, so show up. Doors are open at five thirty ish. And how long are we going to sing tonight? How long are we going to sing tonight? How long? 12 hours. You guys are all off work tomorrow anyway, so it doesn't matter. So you can stay up all night. So we're going to sing somewhere between 30 minutes and 5 hours. So show up tonight, 5.30, 6 o'clock. It's going to be great. Um, you guys are going to be blessed. And uh, yeah, show up for that. A um, couple things concerning our kids. We have a hire a teen going on. If you don't want to clean out your gutters, if you don't want to mow your yard, we got guys that are trying, guys and girls that are trying to raise money to go to camp. It costs a lot of money to go to these things. It's in your bulletin. Uh, contact the office. Contact somebody. They'll be glad to come out and do stuff for slave wages. So uh, contact the office for that. VBS is coming quick, uh, June 11th through the 15th. We need volunteers. We always need more volunteers. Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, we have a booth again across the lobby there. Just sign up. Sign up. We can never have too many people to help with, uh, with VBS. I think that's all I got as far as announcements. Um, why don't our ushers start making their way forward here? One thing that Mark always mentions is uh, if you're visiting with us, we don't want you to be distracted by money. We don't want you to be distracted about with what is going on right now. So if you're visiting, just pass the plate. We just ask that you don't take anything out of it. 
just pass the plate as it comes by. Don't be distracted by what's going. For everybody else who calls Carpenter's Way their home, this is how we pay the bills. This is how we uh, bring in people like Richie and Dana and all these kind of things. And so, uh, yeah, let's step up and let's give this morning. Um, I want to pray for us, and then uh, they're going to lead us back in some more worship. It's going to be a great morning, guys. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you that we get to come into an air-conditioned place like this. That we get to, we get to come together without the fear, without the worry, without the doubt of a government coming in and shutting us down. That we can come here and we can just declare your name as loudly and as boldly as we want to. We know we have that privilege and that honor because people have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And so, Lord, we don't take that for granted. We ask, Lord, that you would, uh, that you would remind us of that this weekend as we move forward and then tomorrow and, and just having fun with families and parties and everything that's going on. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to remember those who laid down their lives. God, we ask, Lord, that you would use this money for your glory. God, for those that are overseas that this money is going to, those that are here in our community making differences in people's lives, we ask, Lord, that you would, you would use this money for your glory, for your glory alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're not going to sing for 12 hours tonight, um, but we will worship. We will um, really seek after him, and we're going to share songs tonight that um, that we've written, uh, that we've put on our albums, and um, many of the songs that, that we have put on our albums, Chad has made you sing on Sunday mornings, and so we're very grateful for that, um, uh, and love the way that you guys worship at this place, and um, I'll tell the story later tonight, but I spent a summer in Lufkin, Texas. 100 years ago, um, 1996. Who was who was at Carpenter's Way in 1996? Raise your hand if you were. Come on, look at that. That's pretty cool. Um, so I was here that summer um, just making trouble for the Mize family that whole summer. Um, and we just had a great time. And, and uh, Lufkin holds a special place in my heart. I love this town. Love you people. So anyway, um, I'm glad that we're doing this next song after a Memorial Day video because both of my grandparents, both of my grandfathers served in World War II. Um, both of them um, were honorably, uh, they served honorably, and, and they're great men of God, and, uh, and so they fought for our freedom. Um, we don't just have um, political freedom, we have religious freedom, right? And so in this place, in this church, in the middle of America, we can lift up the name of Jesus with no fear and no concerns for, for what anyone might think of us. We can just praise God and, and, and speak the name of Jesus freely. And that's not true all across the world, but it's true here. And it's pretty amazing that we have that. So this song that we're going to sing, uh, this was written by uh, myself and a, and a guy in Amarillo, Texas. So it's got a little bit of a, a Texas two-step vibe to it, if you will. Um, so it, hopefully it's a foot tapper and you'll enjoy it. Um, but let's stand together because this is the kind of song where... Um, when you get to the chorus, you got to kind of get a wide berth. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get a little bit of a, like a wide berth, you know? And, and you want to just kind of lean back, and you're going to shout out this word. And so uh, the song is called, I'm Free. Everybody say, I'm Free. Now, come on, this time say it like you mean it. I'm Free. Amen. All right, and so the chorus is real simple. Uh, if, if the Lord Jesus has saved you, then you know this to be true. Look, put the words up on the screen. It just says, The love of God is all I'll ever need. All right, everybody hit that note with me. I know that's a high note, but let's try it. The love of God is all I'll ever need. 
person next to you and say, you did good. That was good. All right? We're going to keep taking it up, though. My chains are gone. You set this captive free. This is where it gets crazy. So we're going to take it to the next level, right? Free, yeah. I'm free. I tell the person next to you, I'm not going to even try that note. You should try it, but I'm not going to try it. You can find any note in there that sounds free to you. Okay? So let's try it together. We'll try it. Here we go. Uh, the love of God is all I ever need. Y'all sound great? Oh, my chains are gone. You set this captive free. You'll learn the verses as we go. Here we go. Praise to the Father, oh my heart, I will offer to the one who is higher than the heavens. Sing to the Savior, oh my soul, in the presence of a love that is deeper than the ocean. Hey! We'll sing that verse one more time. Praise to the Father. Praise to the Father, oh my heart, I will offer to the one who is higher than the heaven. Sing to the Savior, oh my soul, in the presence of a love that is deeper than the... Here we go! Oh, the love of God is all I ever need. I know that my chains are gone, you sad, this captive of the maker power and glory change the world with the story of the God who delivered us forever the love of God is all I'll ever need and my chains are gone he set the captive one more time I said the love of God is all
just applaud him today. Amen.
You guys feel free to be seated. Um, we're going to do um, one last song before Chad comes up and uh, brings the word. Um, it's a song that we wrote called God Who Moves the Mountains. Um, and I love this song because it's kind of, for Dana and I, it's the story of our little two-year-old son, Judah. Um, if you uh, meet Judah, you will probably never forget Judah. He is um, one of a kind. He's kind of a little terrorist, honestly. Um, he's crazy. He's wild. He's uncontrollable. But he's he smiles while he's doing everything bad. So he's just like, you know, you're like, don't do that, Judah. And he's just like, this? You know? And so he's that kid. But um, Dana and I, we went through um, kind of a long stretch. We have a 13-year-old boy named Justice. And now we have a two-year-old named Judah. Come on, you need to pray for us more is what I'm saying. Um, but in that, in that span of time between those two um, um, children, we had four miscarriages. Um, and it was such a tough, tough experience for the two of us as we walked through that. Um, and, uh, and so when we finally um, kind of miraculously got pregnant, and, and it, t- it took, you know, we were at like the 11-week mark or so. We were leading worship at a church in Colorado. And this had been kind of, you know, our burden that we had uh, carried with us for a long time. Um, and it was kind of a quiet, secret burden, right? You don't really talk about that if you've ever experienced that. You don't really talk about it publicly because it's, it's hurtful. It, it, it hurts a lot. And so uh, we didn't talk a lot about it with, with many people. Um, but when we, we were doing this gig in Colorado and we were 11 weeks pregnant and no one knew, we were super excited, but we were trying to kind of, you know, manage our expectations, right? And, right, and we were leading worship. And so right before we were going to go up to lead worship, Dana came to me and she said, I think I lost the baby. Um, she was having complications, and, and so she was, like, just heartbroken, and so was I. But it was, like, one of those churches where they have, like, a countdown on the clock, you know, like on the wall where it's, like, in five minutes, worship is starting, you know. And you're, like, cool. We're going to go out and lead worship in the midst of this uncertainty and this fear and this doubt. And I was, like, you know what? No matter what, God's good. I trust God. Let's go do it, you know. Um, we prayed, and then we went out there and led worship. And at this church, there was a moment where people could come forward and receive prayer. There had been one of those services, and they said, if anybody needs prayer, come down. And so we were on the platform, but it was kind of an instrumental moment. So I took my guitar off, and we went down, and we went and talked to this guy and said, here's what's going on. Can you pray for us? And uh, he prayed this prayer that forever changed me. Um, and he said this. He said, Lord Jesus... You said that if we had faith, uh, that we would speak to the mountains, and the mountains would fall into the sea. And so, Lord, you say speak, so we say move. And he said it just like that. Now, I'm a songwriter, so I was at once kind of like amazed by what this man was praying. Because I was like, that's, yes, Lord, I agree with that prayer. Also, can you repeat that so I can, because that was real good, you know. Um, <laughs> and so I just held on to that prayer. You say speak, so we say move. Um, I've been driving around Lufkin just for the last 24 hours, and you guys must be incredible prayer warriors because I didn't see any mountains anywhere. Um, you, you guys are just praying it down, right? <laughs> but listen, uh, you know, it's metaphorical, right? We all have mountains. We all have obstacles that are in our way. Some of them are, are put there by God himself in order for us to trust him. And some of them are put there by the enemy, and you don't know the difference. You just know that's a mountain. Lord, it's got to move, right? And so what I love about Jesus is he didn't say this. He didn't say, if you had faith, you would, you would look to me and say, God, 
would you move that mountain for me? It's not what he says. If you had faith, you would speak to the mountain. Isn't that good? So God's encouraging us to use our faith, to, to, to use it as a muscle, to say, Lord, I trust you. I, I'm not going to move the mountain. It's my faith in you that's going to give me the power to speak to this obstacle in my way. So whatever's going on in your life today, whatever you brought into this service today, whatever burden, whatever fear, whatever obstacle, I just would encourage you, speak to the mountain. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. So, and then you might end up with a little two-year-old terrorist in your house. You know? Thank you, Jesus. So let's sing this bridge together, and then we'll sing the song. It just says, you say speak, and we say move, and you say watch what you can do, and you say trust, and then you prove you're the God who moves the mountains, God who moves the together everybody whatever the mountain is in your life right now would you speak to it come on let's sing you say speak Say speak. 
pray, God, that you would give us the faith to speak up, uh, that every struggle, every trial, every mountain in our way would crumble at the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would give us the courage to speak. And we pray that even today, Lord, that your word would come alive, that we would hear you speak. You would challenge us. You would change us. You would draw us close to you. I pray for Chad as he brings the word that you'd fill his heart to overflow. We've come today not to hear from a couple of people behind a microphone. We've come today to hear from you. So we pray that you would speak. We're listening. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we all say? Amen. Amen. God Amen. bless you guys. Feel free you guys give Richie and Diana a big hand. So just a taste of what you're going to get tonight. I think you'd all agree it's going to be awesome. Uh, again, show up at 6. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be probably a little bit louder than it was this morning. So if you, uh, if you have a little, uh, what's the word, tender ears? I just made that up. I don't know what that means. But uh, yeah, if you don't like it loud, still come. Just put some cotton swabs or something in. Uh, it's going to be a little loud tonight. We're just going to, we're going to sing. We're going to sing for an hour, hour and a half, and it's going to be incredible. So uh, if you were with us two weeks ago, then you'll remember we started a two-week uh, look at what's most commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. And um, I've decided to call it the Disciples' Prayer because we have in Luke 11, we have, and it's also in Matthew 6 where we're going to be, but in Luke 11 it tells us that uh, a disciple came to Jesus and asked him how they should pray. And so it's not really Jesus' prayer necessarily, it's Jesus giving us a model. It's Jesus giving us a, a template, if you will, uh, of how to pray. And so I've, I've decided to call it I took the authority to change it to the disciples prayer and so you guys can use that from now on I'll give that to you so uh, and we have Jesus's response in, in both Luke and Matthew like I said we're going to be in Matthew 6 uh, 5 through 13 this morning um, those of you who weren't with us last time let me uh, just kind of bring you up to speed with, uh, with where we're at this morning so we started in a uh, in chapter 6 and we read uh, basically went through 5 through 8 and a little bit into 9 which we're really going to pick up in verse 9 this morning so to catch you up to speed, let's start in, uh, in verse 5 through 8. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. Think about that for a second. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray... 
Don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. So Jesus gives us some guidelines on prayer. Uh, Basically, before he even shows us or gives us the model of how to pray, he kind of sets up some guidelines. And that's where we spent most of our time last time. And uh, one thing that I pointed out last week that I think is worth repeating is, you guys know there's different translations of the Bible, right? So most of us grew up on the King James Version because that's the holy one, right? That was the one that was anointed by God, and that's the only true one. So somewhere along the line, people start translating other translations. And so Mark uh, uses the New Living Translation a lot. You guys know that. But one thing they do is they'll look at the original, and then depending on, I guess, I don't know if it's just where they want to go with it, uh, just their, what they're, how they're studying, sometimes they'll use different words. Sometimes they'll look at uh, the original, and they'll translate it into something different. It'll say basically the same thing, but they might use a different word for, to try to drive home the point, so to speak. Pretty much every translation that I looked up translated verse 5 the same. When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites. Every one of them. They all said the same thing. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. I think it's pretty clear what Jesus was trying to say. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. So he starts his explanation of prayer by telling us, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't make a spectacle. Don't make a scene. Don't draw attention to yourself, right? He tells us to go to our room, shut the door, and to pray. And we pray to our Father in heaven the way that we would talk to our dad that's sitting across the table from us, right? He tells us, don't babble on and on. Don't try to use your, your fancy theological uh, words and, you know, the change of voice, our Father in heaven, hallowed be that name, the little organ behind you, that kind of stuff. You don't have to do that. That's not impressing him. You're not impressing him with your, your fancy words. And we spend a lot of time talking about how Jesus refers to God as our Father. And in fact, in verse 8 that we just read, before he even gets to the prayer, he tells you that your father knows exactly what you need before we even ask. And we spent a lot of time kind of on this last week. The fact that we have in Romans 8 tells us that the Holy Spirit is praying for us with groans that we can understand, but he's praying according to God's perfect will. We also have later in Romans 8, Jesus interceding or pleading for us, whichever translation you're using. He's, he's, uh, he's pleading, he's interceding for us. So before we even get into our room, before we even shut our door and start praying, we have a Father and we have a Holy Spirit and we have Jesus who have been praying for us and have been praying according to the will of the Father. And it says he knows exactly what you need. Exactly what you need. So when you get there and you don't really know what to pray, you don't know, you don't know how to handle the situation in front of you, you can kind of rest a little bit. We have a God who, we have a Father who already knows exactly what you need. Not what we need. He knows exactly what, what you need. A few things I want to touch on from last time before we really get into the, to today. Uh, the first one, Jesus telling us to go into our room. I had some people ask me this. Jesus telling us to go into our room and pray uh, by ourselves does not mean that we can't pray together. Okay, that doesn't mean that we, we can't come together as a church family or even just individuals and, uh, and agree in prayer for things. It doesn't mean that we can only pray in our room by ourselves. That's not, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus always goes to the heart, right? Jesus always goes to the heart of the issue. A couple of examples in the Gospels. We have the woman who's being drugged in front of Jesus, and the crowd's going to stone her for adultery, right? Right? 
What's Jesus' response? They're trying to catch him. They're trying to catch him in this impossible situation of like, we know what the law says. You know what the law says. We're supposed to stone her. That's what the law says. What do you say? What was Jesus' response? Somebody shout it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different translations, yes. Basically, whoever, isn't, whoever doesn't have sin, you throw the first stone. He goes straight to the heart. He goes straight to the heart of the accusers. He goes straight to the heart of the situation. He tells the Pharisees over and over again, you hypocrites. He calls them whitewashed tombs, right? You look good on the outside. Man, you guys have studied a lot. You know a lot, man. You can, you can probably recite the whole thing verbatim. Like, you don't even need it in front of you. You know exactly what it says. You guys look good on the outside, but inside, you're dry bones. You're dead. He goes to the heart. He goes to the heart of the issue every time, and Jesus goes to the heart of prayer. He goes to the heart of prayer. This isn't a, you only go to your bedroom and pray. This is a heart, this is a heart issue. Don't make a scene. Don't make a scene. Don't draw attention to yourself. That's basically what Jesus is saying. Also pointed out that this was the first time that a rabbi or a teacher had referred to God as our Father. So we have instances of, of uh, God being referred to as a Father of maybe like the nation, maybe of a people, uh, even, maybe even sometimes like uh, figures, past figures, Abraham, David, Moses, those kind of things. We have God maybe being referred to as their Father, but we've never had heard until Jesus that He was our Father. We never heard a rabbi or a teacher or anybody refer to to, to God as, as our Father. So Jesus took God from a, a distant, kingly figure to a personal Father. That's huge. That's a, big, that's a big stinking deal. You could say that's a game changer. Jesus kind of changed the game there. So we have a God who's the king. He's ruler of, of Israel. And Jesus says, yes, he is. He's the king. He is the ruler, but he's also, he's also your dad. He's also your father. And that's a huge, huge deal. And one last thing we talked about is how we project our relationship with our earthly dads onto our heavenly father, right? And if you have spent the last couple of weeks maybe just kind of running that through your head of, you know, how, how have I in my life projected my relationship with my earthly dad onto my heavenly father? And I think you will, you will start to see some stuff that kind of lines up you'll start to see some things that kind of line up there. So depending on your relationship with your earthly dad, um, God can seem uh, distant. He could seem mean. He could be cold. He could be absent, maybe just not there. He could be abusive. He could be whatever your situation is. And I know that this sounds cliche, but it's true that God is the perfection of our earthly fathers, meaning in every way that our dads failed us, in every way that our dads really wanted to be the good dads, but they just couldn't do it in every way that they failed. God is the perfect father. He is the perfect father. So now that we're kind of up to speed, what I want to do the rest of the time we have this morning is to pick back up at the beginning of the prayer and to work our way through. So last week, or two weeks ago, we, we kind of picked up in verse 9. Again, we talked about our father in heaven. Again, Jesus takes God from a kingly figure to our personal, intimate father. It's very personal. He mentions heaven, which speaks to the Father's authority. He speaks of, uh, of, of heaven, which speaks of, of God's authority. And it also kind of reminds us of where we know we belong. Kind of gives us a sense of this is where we know we're going. This is where we know we want to be. 
So as we work our way through the rest of the prayer, you're going to notice a couple of things. First of all, there's three, I guess you could call them kind of spiritual requests, kind of things that are more uh, directed toward God, for God. And then you're going to see three requests that are personal, three requests that are for us personally. So with that said, let's jump in and read verse 9. It tells us this, pray like this, our, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Again, we have three spiritual requests that you could say are, are directed toward God. And that first request is, may your name be kept holy. The first request is, may your name be kept holy. Jesus starts the prayer with worship. I told you guys last time that uh, hallowed be thy name. Uh, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. It kind of sounds like a worship lyric. It sounds like something we would sing instead of pray. It kind of sounds like something that we could have in the middle of a course or so. And so Jesus starts with worship. He starts with reverence, and this is where we begin. We go to our room, we shut the door, and we begin with worship and reverence. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Right from the get-go, we put God where he belongs. Okay? Something we talk about, and this is hard for us to sometimes accept. Sometimes we don't like this necessarily because we're we're selfish. We live in a culture that says it's all about me. We live in a culture that says, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, so I'm the focus of everything that happens. God is for God, okay? Yes, God loves us, and yes, he saves us, but his love and his saving is not the end goal. His glory, his kingdom, and his name are are the end goal, and the crazy, crazy, crazy part is that he invites people like me and you to join him. It's his name, it's his glory, it's his kingdom, and he invites people like us to be a part of that. So I would guess, what, 90, 95% of the people in this room are, are saved, right? You've confessed, you've given your life, so you're all in. You're all in on God is who he says he is. And if he is who he says he is, we're talking about a God who spoke and stuff happened so we got nothing god speaks we have all this stuff so he didn't even have to use his hands he didn't have to get down there and get dirty he just he just spoke the words and we have universes that appear and we have we have earth and we have all this stuff popping up all over the place just simply because he spoke what kind of power is that what kind of crazy power is that that you can just speak and pfft, stuff happens Stuff just appears. That's the God that we're talking about. And, the, and like I said, the crazy part is that he invites people like me. He invites people like you to be a part of his kingdom. And that should blow you away. That should kind of knock your socks off, so to speak. That this God, who is all-powerful, says he measures the universe with his hand, calls you and I to be a part of his kingdom. That's some crazy stuff. That's some crazy stuff. So we pray, hallowed be your name. May your name be kept holy. The second request is at the beginning of verse 10, and it says, May your kingdom come soon. This is asking God to fulfill his promises as only he can, to bring about his kingdom soon. So one thing I talk to you guys a lot, um, it's in worship I'll remind you, like, think about, what you're, think about what you're singing. That I think a lot of times when we come to our Christian walk, if we're reading, if we're singing, if we're praying, we kind of shut our minds off sometimes. And we're just like, okay, this is what the Bible says, and I'm just reading through it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be the name of the kingdom come. Over there. And we sing songs on the screen, and we don't really think about what we're, what we're singing. We don't really think about what we're praying. And so 
as I'm working my way through this, the question that comes to my mind is, what are we praying for when we pray your kingdom come? What are we really praying for? I think we, we have an idea of what we're praying for, but what are we really praying for? So a couple things. First and foremost, we're praying for Jesus to return and to reign overall. That's first and foremost. We're praying for that, that he would come and that he would reign overall, not just over a people or a nation or an area. We're praying that he would reign overall, fully in our lives, fully in this world. Second, we're praying that he would continue to save people. Yes, he will rule overall, but like I said, the crazy part is that he saves people to share in his kingdom. So that's our mission. That's our prayer. Share the good news, and we pray that all will accept us. He saves us for us. He is so kind. He rescues us, and he brings us into his kingdom. And when we pray for his kingdom to come soon, really what we are praying, what we are confessing is, Jesus, you are Lord. Come soon. We are praying that you are the kingdom. Would you come soon and set up your kingdom? And we know that he won't do that until all have heard, until the time is right. So as we see so many times in prayer, it's a reminder. Our prayer is a reminder that there's work to be done. There are those who haven't heard. There are those of those who haven't been served. There are those who haven't come into his kingdom, and so we pray. And so we pray. God, bring your kingdom soon. Bring your kingdom soon. A little honest moment. Most of us, most Christians, I believe, don't want or, if we're honest, we're not in a rush for his kingdom to come because we are so in love with this. We love our stuff, and I'm at the top of the list when I say we. We love our stuff, and we want more stuff. I mean, I've got an iPad, an iPhone, and an Apple Watch so that you can text me. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Ten years ago, we didn't even have iPhones, and, and now it's, it's just it's all over me. It's everywhere. We love our stuff. We love our stuff, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong. We shouldn't. Well, that's another discussion. But we love our stuff, right? We love our stuff. <laughs> we love our families. We love our country. So sometimes praying for his kingdom to come feels weird. If we're honest, it feels contrary to what we really want. Because what we really want, if we're honest, is we want him to kind of wait. Like we want your kingdom to come, we want you to reign, and we want you to save people, but just not right now. Just not right now. I got a good thing going here, you know. I don't want you to come in and just, just, uh, just mess everything up for me. I mean, I want to walk my daughter down the aisle. She's about to be four, which is mind-blowing to me. But yeah, one day I would like to, well, I say I'd like to, I, I dread the day, but I would, I would like to walk her down the aisle one day. That's a big moment. That's a, that's a big moment in a dad walking his, his daughter down the aisle. I want to see grandkids. I don't know if I'll make it to grandkids. I'm old, and I'm just getting started. I don't know if I'll make it to grandkids, but I want to see grandkids. I want to see grandkids. I want to see the Cowboys win another Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I want it. I want God to wait. If, we can, if God can come back somewhere around February the 5th, 6th, we win the Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's do this. Kingdom come soon. 
Cowboys, we go out, Cowboys, Super Bowl champions, nobody else can win. I'm cool with that. But that's, that's <laughs> okay, I'm being stupid. But yes, we want things. We want things in this world, and, and I know the Cowboys will never win the Super Bowl again, but so I'm trying, I'm trying to deal with it. But uh, let's go, Dak. Let's go, Dak. Let us pray as a church. Let us pray as individuals that he would give us a passion for his kingdom. That he would give us a passion for his kingdom, that we could pray with all that was, is within us. May your kingdom come soon. May your kingdom come soon. The third request is that last section of verse 10 says, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray not for our will, but we pray for his will. And we pray, God, use our good days, use our bad days for your glory, for your will. And Jesus modeled this, right? We know the story. And Mark has been pointing this out over the last year, year and a half. And, and in a way, I'm going to use a really dumb word here, it feels icky when we talk about Jesus having a will because we're really, really cool with Jesus being God, but we really struggle with Jesus being a man. And so when we read a story like we're about to read, we read this passage of him being in the garden knowing what's about to happen and he knows that the sins of the world are about to be placed on him. Just read what he says, Matthew 26, 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Listen to what he said. This is Jesus, the man talking. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. That's Jesus. That's all Jesus. This is Jesus saying, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little far, farther and he bowed with his face to the ground and he prayed the prayer that we all know, my Father. If it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And so he prays, not my will, but yours be done. We all have a will. We have things that we want to see happen. We have things that we don't want to see happen. I can't bear another Eagle Super Bowl. I can't do it. If they win a Super Bowl again next year, I'm out. There's stuff we don't want to see happen. There's weight that we don't want to carry. There's stuff that we just don't want to face. Let us pray. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to walk willingly and faithfully in your will. After these first three requests that I said are more geared toward God, we see a shift from prayers for God to God to prayers for us. And again, there's three of those. And the first request is, starting in verse 11, give us today the food we need. It says, give us today, not tomorrow, not 10 years from now, today. Give us today the food we need. So after the Korean War, there were tons, thousands and thousands of orphans. So moms and dad have been at war and just slaughtered, and so we have all these orphans running around in South Korea. And so... Obviously, the need is orphanages start popping up. And so they're taking care of these orphans. They're, they're bringing them in. And what they see is the kids are growing. They're healthy. Um, they're learning. They're teaching them all these things. But one thing they notice is that every night when they try to make them go to bed, they get very anxious. They get scared. 
and they can't go to sleep. It takes them hours and hours and hours to calm down and finally fall asleep. And this is every night. Every night they're going through this. So finally, someone, maybe they prayed and God told them, but they decided, let's give the kids a piece of bread to go to sleep with. And the bread wasn't for them to eat in the moment. The bread was for them to hold on to so that they could fall asleep. What they found out is that the kids were so anxious, they were so worried about tomorrow that they wouldn't have anything to eat. That'd break your heart. <laughs> These little kids won't go to sleep because they're afraid they're not going to have anything to eat tomorrow. So they give them a piece of bread so at least they know when I wake up in the morning, I have one piece of bread. I'm not going to be hungry when I wake up in the morning. Guys, we get, we get the privilege to go to our father as a child with all of our fears, all of our anxieties, all of our doubts, and say, God, would you give me a little piece of bread? Give us today the food that we need. Help us to sleep. Help us to lay our head on the pillow and not worry about tomorrow because we trust you. Because we trust you. The second request for us is found in verse 12, and it says, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So we move from physical needs to spiritual needs. And something I want to point out, this is not implying that your forgiveness is conditional. This isn't implying that it's based upon you forgiving. This is a relational statement. This is a relational statement. For those of you who have kids, you know if they're constantly lying to you, they're not forgiving, they're, they're just whatever. It puts a kink in the relationship. There's something there that it's hard to communicate. It's hard to have that relationship with. So this is a relational statement. This isn't a conditional statement. If you forgive, then I will forgive you. It's relational. It's relational. We forgive because we have been forgiven. We serve because we have been served, and we love because we have been loved. We copy what we see. So if, if you, you guys know Mia, she runs around. She thinks she owns Carpenter's Way. This is, this is her church, by the way. You guys are just here. This, she totally owns all this. A couple things you're going to notice about Mia if you ever get to talk to her. First of all, she might be the happiest kid on the face of the earth, and she's always been that way. She is, just, she is a happy, happy girl. I mean, when she was two months she would sleep, she ate, oh, everything was great. She's just been a happy kid. The next thing you're going to notice is that she does this a lot while she's talking. So she's very handsy. So don't get too close because she might punch you in the face. And so one day we're at home, and uh, I asked Teresa, I was like, have you ever noticed that Mia really does this a lot? Like, is that weird? Like, she's all over the place? She's like, no, she talks just like you. <laughs> and I'd, I'd never really put that together that you guys have probably figured that out over these last 20 minutes. Um, I use my hands to communicate, and she, she copies what she sees. She copies what she sees. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We, we forgive because we have been forgiven. We don't forgive so that we're forgiven. We forgive because we have been forgiven. We serve because we have been served, and we love because we have been loved. We copy what we see. And our third request that concerns us is in verse 13. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. James 1, 13 through 15 says this, 
And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Romans 6.23, famous scripture you all know, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. If we're honest, when we look in the mirror, we know our weaknesses. We know what we struggle with. We know the parts that we would rather not anybody else see. And we know that if left on our own, we'd probably choose sin most of the time. Most of the time, we're more Saul than we are David, right? Somebody don't leave me hanging, right? Is anybody else more Saul? Is it just me? And as we just read, we know that sin leads to death, so we ask our Father to help us not yield to temptation because we know that temptation gives birth to sinful actions, and we know that sinful actions leads to death, and so we cry out, rescue us, deliver us, don't let us yield to temptation. Don't let us yield to temptation. I'm going to ask Richie and Dana, the band, if they start making their way back up. Richie has left the building. Dana's going to take it. <laughs> He'll be in here a second. <laughs> so as they're making their way up, uh, what I want to do is I want to kind of recap the prayer. So we made some points. We made some points about the prayer as we worked our way through. And I just want to kind of touch on some of those big points as we're making our way through. Our Father, again, it's personal. It's very personal. Jesus took him from this kingly figure, this distant kind of God. He took him to a Father. He made it personal. He made it very personal. In heaven speaks to his authority, speaks also to a longing in us to be where he's at, a longing that we know this isn't the end, this can't be it. There's something inside of us that, that knows we're going somewhere. May your kingdom come soon. It's declaring Jesus, you are Lord, you are the king, come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Use us for your glory. Give us today the food we need. God, we trust you. We trust that you will provide. Give us that piece of bread to fall asleep with. Forgive us of our sins. We forgive because we have been forgiven. And then finally, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. It's our cry, deliver us. Help us not yield to temptation, which leads to sin, which leads to death. So I'm going to close here the same way we closed last week. If you guys want to go ahead and stand with us, we're going we're to sing another song. And I know the default mode is to go to the King James Version, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But I love the way the New Living Translation says it. So as best as you can, <laughs> read the words on the screen. We're, gonna, we're just going to say this together. As a family, we're going to say this prayer together, and then Richie and Dana are going to lead us out in another song. So if you guys will, will pray this with me. Put that up on the screen there, Louise, our Father. coming. It's going to be great. It's that last, uh, yeah, here we go. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. 
and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Amen. Amen.
Tonight, come on, we'll see Bible you tonight. study. Yeah,